With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Kenny Pickett's Steelers career was rescued just in time. And I'm giving the credit where the credit is due. Welcome to the Steelers update from Penn Live, where we keep track of all things Steelers. So you don't have to. This is John Lucy reporting. Never underestimate the football wisdom of Steelers fans. They all witnessed what was happening to quarterback Kenny Pickett as his much-hyped sophomore season unfolded. All of Pickett's potential and promise, which had ignited Pittsburgh like a blast furnace, fizzled out. Pickett was able to pull out some fourth-quarter wins, keeping the 2023 Steelers on pace for the playoff race. But as the season unfolded, Pickett didn't progress as expected. He regressed, and he did so in shocking fashion. There were his hesitant read, his late throws, missed receivers, his refusal to throw over the middle of the field. It made the prodigal son from Pitt a shell of his former self. In short, Kenny Pickett's career was being destroyed as all of Steelers' nation watched in horror. This fan base with six Lombardis in the trophy cabinet and a lineage of great players and iconic QBs like Bradshaw and Roethlisberger just wasn't going to stand by and watch this happen. They weren't going to let Pickett and all of Pittsburgh's pigskin hopes and dreams that were attached to him implode before their eyes. So they rose up, and with one voice, thousands of people, fans, lending decibels to an emergency rescue attempt for their quarterback. They did it from high atop the Acroshore Stadium stands. They issued a frank football command to their team, its head coach, and its owner. They said, Fire Canada! Fire Canada! Their target was offensive coordinator Matt Canada. He was now in the midst of his his third miserable season calling the shots for the Steelers' moribund attack. He had previously reduced Big Ben's big arm to a dink-and-dunk pop gun during Roethlisberger's last season, and he had orchestrated a barely noticeable offense under Pickett. Three and out was the operative number in these Canada years. Pickett and 
seemingly star players such as former first-round draft pick Najee Harris, touted tight end Pat Fryermuth, and game-breaking receiver George Pickens became barely noticeable during large swaths of Steelers games. The only saving grace was Pickett's potential to come alive in the fourth quarter. Following three quarters of mind-numbing offensive uh, football that seemed to go nowhere, Kenny and the boys managed to do just enough to pull out wins. Pickett earned the nickname Clutch Kenny for stringing together a series of stirring wins over the latter half of his rookie season last year. His stellar performance in the preseason fueled sky-high expectations this year for a sophomore season that was going to take it up a notch or two. Pickett's predicted leap never got off the ground, even as the Steelers, led by its stingy defense, ground out wins. Pickett went from looking hesitant and unsure to beaten down and nearly broken by the time the hated Cleveland Browns and their rookie passer celebrated a 13-10 win on the Acrisure Stadium turf. There was no fourth-quarter heroics from Pickett this time. The QB's last redeeming quality appeared to be lost. His confidence looked shattered. This wasn't just about this season and the playoff race anymore. Pickett's Steelers career hung in the balance, and it was not even two years removed from being drafted at pick 20 in 2022 by Pittsburgh. Then Mike Tomlin and Art Rooney II pulled the trigger. The fervent chants of Steelers Nation were finally answered. Matt Canada was canned mid-season, something the Steelers simply never do. Just like that, a new look, throw over the middle, dime-dropping Kenny Pickett emerged versus the Bengals last Sunday. The 16 points the offense amassed in Cincinnati was nothing to write home about. Yet everything, most especially Pickett, looked different. They looked better. Offensive coaching duties were now split among running back coach turned acting coordinator Eddie Faulkner and QB coach Mike Coach Sully Sullivan. He was calling the plays and whispering them to Pickett through that helmet speaker. This pair of coaches helped Pickett orchestrate an attack that saw Fryer move, splitting the scene and busting open the middle of the field. The tight end topped 100 receiving yards, and Harris was hitting the holes in the middle of the line while his counterpart, Jalen Warren, was busting tackles and running it outside. All told, the Steelers rolled up 421 yards of total offense, the most since Big Ben and his team put up 429 yards on the New Orleans Saints way back in week 16 of the 2018 season. That's a 59-game span in between. Is it a breakthrough? Maybe, but only time and Pickett's continued evolution after a new coordinator is inevitably installed over the offseason will tell that story. But for now, 
promising Pittsburgh season does seem playoff bound. The 7 and 4 Steelers have what looks like a clear path to the postseason, perhaps even a good shot at taking the AFC North from the rival Ravens. They'll play them in the season finale down in Charm City. Meanwhile, hope and plenty of cheers will return to the Acroshore stands this Sunday versus the Arizona Cardinals. It begins a string of very winnable games for the Steelers. Those fans in the stands, along with all those in Pittsburgh, and of course the wider Steelers nation, all those people who jammed sports talk shows with their Fire Canada ramps, and even put the slogan on Giant Eagle cookies, they should cheer themselves too. They correctly saw their QB as a scared hostage in the Canada offense. They called it out in a voice that couldn't be denied. Ultimately, it was heated. The early results appeared to be positive. But the final outcome for Pickett remains to be written. But now, at least, he has the chance to write the next chapter himself instead of being sentenced to the quarterback scrap heap by his incompetent coordinator. Kenny has Steelers Nation to thank for that. NFL coaches famously say if you listen to the fans in the stands, that's where you'll be sitting instead of patrolling the sidelines. But Steelers fans, we're dead right on this one. And all their chance just may have rescued Kenny Pickett's Steelers career just in time. We have much more on Pickett's reversal of fortune in the post-Canada era, plus a look at the growing disappointment that is disgruntled receiver Deontay Johnson, and of course a preview of the Cardinals coming into Acroshore Stadium this Sunday. It's all in a jubilant 400-yard edition of your Steelers Update Podcast. Hey, and be sure to check out my full print column first thing Thursday on Penn Live. It will be packed with plenty of memes bringing this week's Steelers debate to life and to laugh. Right now, let's get right to it. The big question all of Steelers Nation wants to know is can the post-Canada production under Kenny Pickett and the offense, can it last? Here's Mike DeFabo with The Athletic exploring this question in and providing some clues in a very detailed article on The Athletic in which he breaks down a number of key plays from that Bengals game, that Bengals coming out party for this now 400-plus yard offense. So read the whole article, but I'm going to give you some tastes here of what DeFabo says about what went right on Sunday in this beautiful post-Canada era that we're all enjoying. DeFabo writes this, quote, It's probably too early to celebrate, especially because the Bengals' defense allows an average of 389 yards per game, and that's the second most in the league, and the Steelers converted just one of four red zone trips into touchdowns. Unquote. So that's sort of him tempering our expectations going forward. But 
he tells us there were some good things that do portend more positive offensive output down the road this season with Kenny Pickett and this new set of coordinator, play caller, brain trust. Bittner writes this, quote, because the Steelers exposed the middle of the field in several instances, they forced the Bengals out of many of their two deep looks and into more single high safety coverages. Said Tomlin, quote, we attacked down the field when they were in split safeties. We weren't going to let them sit in that comfortably, unquote. So as a re- result, Bittner tells us the Steelers got more man coverage with just one deep safety, and they weren't afraid to take shots. Bittner says, quote, Kenny Pickett averaged eight and a half air yards per attempt. That's tied for second highest in a game this season. A season high, 24.2% of his passes went 15 plus yards in the air. This helped Pittsburgh produce season highs of 15 plays of 10 plus yards and six plays of 20 plus yards, unquote. Open it up, baby. Get in that middle, exploiting it, exploiting the two high safeties. And then when they get into man to man, making the right read. The Steelers also became more unpredictable, according to Bittner, who cites this one example. There are many more in the story that he unfolds on The Athletic, so check it out. But here's the example. Quote, Sullivan and Faulkner did a nice job of mixing up calls out of the same personnel groupings. While a three tight end set might suggest a run is coming, the Steelers also used this set in the passing game to great effect, unquote. Finally, the overall game plan for the Bengals attacked the opponent's biggest weakness. Bittner explains this, writing, quote, the Bengals' defense entered Sunday ranking 31st in yards per carry, giving up to opponents, and 30th in rushing in the league. It was no coincidence, then, that Najee Harris had his best performance of the season with 99 rushing yards and a pair of 20-plus-yard runs. He now has seven 20-plus-yard runs after producing just one all of last year, unquote. In short, the Steelers' offense, in now in the hands of the tag team of Faulkner and Sullivan, planned it smart, and Kenny Pickett and the gang executed that plan. Funny, isn't that the way NFL offenses are supposed to work? Well, it's a refreshing change for these Steelers without Matt Canada. But what wasn't refreshing was Deontay Johnson. Oh my, did the disgruntled receiver do a bad one on Sunday. Johnson, who you remember signed a big bucks contract with the Steelers before last season, was criticized for all all his drops in 2022. There were a string of them. And he's been in a touchdown drought that dates back to Ben Roethlisberger, and that was just broken earlier this month. And he did seem to have three steps down for a touchdown versus the Bengals early in the game, but Tomlin never challenged the call of incomplete. And if you look back on it, he had the three steps just like 
Skinner sang. He, give, he got the three steps. Give me three steps. And he had three steps down in the end zone. So when he lost the ball going down out of the end zone, that was should have been moot because the touchdown was scored and going to the ground wasn't an issue. He had position before he went to the ground. But anyway, that's history. But it certainly uh, weighed on Deontay and what would happen next in that game. Because then came the non-block on a running play and Deontay's nonchalance when the running back, Jalen Warren, fumbled and the receiver was caught on film just standing around the line of scrimmage as that fumble was bouncing into the hands of a Bengal. It was not a good look, and even Mike Tomlin says the receiver must answer for it. Here's the roundup of the drubbing Deontay is taking after this one. Ray Fittipaldo with the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette sets up the Deontay disaster, reminding readers that Johnson broke the first rule of NFL play. He did not let the results of the previous play go and turn the page. Instead, he pouted, and it came back to bite him big time. Here's Fittipaldo, quote, Johnson appeared to catch a touchdown on the previous play, but when he was tackled to the ground out of the back of the end zone, officials ruled it was not a catch. Warren fumbled on the very next play while, John while Johnson did not block the cornerback in front of him. He also did not chase after him once he picked up the fumble and began running toward the end zone, unquote. As for Tomlin's take on this Deontay disaster, well, here it is, quote, Deontay can't let the emotions of his previous down affect his next down. But I'll give him an opportunity to address that with you guys. I'll give him an opportunity to address that with his teammates. I'm not going to add any color. Plays like that are best described and outlined by those involved and less so by guys like me. I keep my attention on challenging things, schematic preparations for Arizona. It's something he needs to answer for, but I'll give him an opportunity to do just that, unquote. Well, I think Tomlin is handling this correctly. The only thing left for, to do now is for Deontay Johnson to step up to stand up and answer for his poor play, his poutiness, his attitude. Poor attitude during a game, an all-important game against division rival Cincinnati, when everything else regarding that offense is looking up. He needs to get on board before those astute Steelers fans are chanting, fire Deontay from those stands because Pittsburgh don't want to see that look again from the receiver. As for those Cardinals, it marks a reunion of sorts. Former Steelers running back James Conner, who left town after not being re-signed in 2020, is now leading the Arizona backfield. Mike Tomlin is sure taking notice, saying, quote, We can't allow James Conner to do what James does. I know and love and have a lot of respect for James. He is a legitimate tough guy big-time competitor, I'm expecting nothing but his absolute best coming back into Pittsburgh because I know him. 
aside from his will and intangible things, man, his skill set. When he gets into the secondary, he is tough to deal with. He is a combative runner, unquote. As the Pittsburgh Press notes, Connor comes in having amassed 426 yards and two touchdowns this season for the Cardinals. Since signing with that team in 2021, he scored 24 touchdowns, including 15 in 2021. He's averaging 5.1 yards per carry in his eight games played this season. In short, he's a threat to the Steelers continuing their redemptive run in this post-Canada era. Of course, Connor isn't the only Cardinals threat. Enter a guy named Kyler Murray. He's back from injury and trying to pick up where he left off when he was considered one of the hottest young passers in the NFL. Here's the Post-Gazette's Adam Bittner breaking down Murray and the card. According to him, perhaps the new Murray who came back from a knee injury November 12th against Atlanta isn't what he used to be. Bittner writes, quote, since his return, he's been pretty ordinary, completing 61.7% of his passes for an average of 6.1 yards per attempt, two touchdowns against two interceptions, and a passer rating of 79.9. Murray has added 86 yards on the ground and an average of 6.1 yards per attempt on the ground. Unquote. In reality, this should be advantage Steelers. Murray just isn't getting it done in the passing game. And perhaps this is another reason why. Because there's another familiar face the Steelers uh, will, will see in Cardinals red, that being former Raven Hollywood Brown, the receiver. Bittner says, quote, he leads the team with 51 catches for 574 yards and four touchdowns. He's just not been terribly efficient. His 11.3 yards per catch average is a little bit low for a number one receiver and his 51 catches have come on 98 targets, according to ESPN. So he hasn't been particularly in sync with his quarterbacks, unquote. Again, advantage Steelers and that secondary of the Steelers. But there is a threat. Bittner says, beware the tight end, writing, quote, second-year tight end Trey McBride has proven quite useful catching 48 passes for 521 yards and a touchdown. He isn't flashy. He averages just 10.9 yards per catch, but he's a reliable target, unquote. And can you say a first down machine? The Steelers must control the tight end in order to shut down any Cardinals drives. Those first downs are going to go through the tight end most likely other than maybe some Murray improvisational runs to the outside. Now, when the Steelers have the ball, the black and gold running game should roll versus those cards. They've been a house of cards when it comes to stopping the ground game. Bittner says, quote, the Cardinals allow an average of 140.1 yards per game on the ground. That's among the NFL's worst. There's only a few that give up more. They've also yielded 16 rushing touchdowns, and they're coming off a game in which they allowed L.A. Rams running back Kyron Williams to run wild in his first game returning from injury. 
he proceeded to pile up 143 yards on just 16 carries, unquote. And there you have it, Steelers fans, right from the Post-Gazette and Adam Bittner. The post-Canada era is poised to reach new heights on Sunday at Acrisure Stadium as your Steelers stay in the thick of the playoff rates and the grudge match with the Ravens and Browns for the division crown. All that's left to say is, Go Steelers! And of course, all that's left to do is for you to sign up for the Steelers Update podcast wherever you get your audio. It will become fresh and steaming with fresh takes, hot takes, every Wednesday afternoon. And of course, log on to penlive.com anytime for your real-time Steelers news. Oh, no.